12th of October last year, Francois Hollande made a speech to the crowds assembled in Dakar, the capital of Senegal. He told them, the time of France Afrique is over, there is France and there is Africa. The day before, the French president confirmed that the French military would give logistical support to Malian troops. Three months later, logistical support became military support as French troops landed in the country. French soldiers were crucial in helping government forces retake the West African nation and the need for their active presence is now winding down. The very arrival of the French army was enough to prompt shouts of France Afrique from critics. Many fear that the Malian government's invitation to the French will lead to a protracted stay and a return to the neo-colonial interference of the 20th century. I'm at the School of African and Oriental Studies in Russell Square, London, to talk to Dr. Marie Rodet. She's an expert in Francophone Africa and will be discussing the scale and impact of France Afrique on the former colonies and their masters. This programme will explore the past and the present of Franco-African relations, from the history and structure of the relationship and Malian independence to the motives for French intervention in Mali and the future of France Afrique. I started by asking Dr. Rodet to explain what France Afrique means. Well, France Afrique is uh, the combination of two words, France and Afrique, Africa. And it was coined uh, probably around the 50s, 60s, not especially in, from, in a, from a negative point of view at the time. It was Oufouet uh, Boigny, the first president of uh, the Ivory Coast, who came with, up with this word. But then later on, it was um, taken over by uh, people criticizing the complex relationships between France and its former colonies. The idea was that these relationships were obscure and especially um, sponsored by obscure financial means like the uh, Africa Elise cell. And that's why it has been highly criticised, like this money will have been dedicated to support uh, specific coup and specific corrupted uh, financial relationships between uh, France and, and Africa, the former colonies of France. And, um, and very regularly in the history of uh, the relationship between France and its former colonies, but not only with the former colonies, with all African countries where France has a specific and important investment and economical uh, interest. So, uh, for example, we can include in France-Afrique, Equatorial Guinea. At some point, we could have included Rwanda, which is no longer a very good friend of France since the genocide. So regularly in the history, you have this term coming up again, especially in the media, not only in France, but more generally in Europe and in the Western world and in Africa. The idea that uh, it would be a continuing model of relationship between France and its back, African backyard. Okay, so yeah, you mentioned that it was linked to aid. Was that, is that, is that generally an economic relationship where French would send aid to their former colonies? Well, the thing is, it's not all about aid. Most of the time, it's not about aid as such, but rather about uh, the, the French interest in Africa, uh, but also about the sponsoring of, of specific elections, not only in Africa, but back in France. Uh, you have uh, uh, rumours, for example, that Omar Bongo, the former president of Gabon, has, uh, has supported well, presidential election financially in France over the past 20 years. 
So it's rather a network of influence and of people involved in, as intermediaries between the interest of a certain elite in Africa and the political power in France. Mali was one of the former colonies and one which France are currently involved with. What was their path to independence like? Gradual and democratic or more violent? It was, I wouldn't say it was a violent one, but it was still not completely peaceful one. It was a complex one. In the sense that at first, Mali and Segal tries to build together a federation, the Mali Federation in 59, and composed of what was named at the time the Sudanese Republic, now there's Mali and Senegal. And it got full independence from France in 1960, as a federation. But soon after, a couple of months later, uh, the federation broke up because of probably issues of uh, political influence and who will gain the leadership over the federation. And actually, you had two main leaders, the one from Mali, Modibo Keita, and the one for Senghor, Sedar Senghor. And Senghor was much more close from France. It was not for breaking up the relationship with France, while Modi Bukaita was clearly a socialist and uh, was willing to go away from these uh, networks of influence with, with France. And what happened is probably uh, Senghor, with the support of France, um, Charles de Gaulle, General de Gaulle at the time, was not in good terms at all with Modibo Keita, and apparently in the Federation, Modibo Keita was about to gain the leadership. So that with the support of the French government at the time, Senghor was able to break the, the Federation, accusing Modibo Keita of being willing to, to do a coup or something like that. So that was the first step. So obviously, the first president of Mali was not especially in these uh, so-called France-Afric relationships and not in good terms with France and with, uh, especially with uh, General de Gaulle because he was a socialist and was willing to implement a clear socialist uh, policy in Mali. You say that Senegal are much closer to France following independence than Mali was. Did other former colonies like Niger and Ivory Coast follow the Senegalese path or the Malian? No, the, the, the relationship between Mali and France is, um, you can't really compare it to the relationship between Gabon and, and France or uh, the Ivory Coast and France, probably because you don't have the same economical interest. Yeah. And Mali is a kind of, well, it may change, but it's kind of a low-key economical interest for France. That's why even the intervention, the French intervention in Mali, it would be too simplistic to read it as a pure product of France Afrique. In Mali, there is not as such big economical and, and political interest for France. It's really different, for example, in neighboring countries like Niger, Ivory Coast again, Gabon, even Senegal, and, even, and also because the French community in these countries like the Ivory Coast or Senegal is much more important than in France, uh, and sorry, in, in Mali. So I see much of like, parts of West Africa and obviously former French colonies have since independence experienced conflict and stuff, and whereas France has intervened or not intervened with kind of different kind of success or levels of involvement, why does France continue to get itself involve itself in kind of the, the business of what have happened in its former colonies? Well, it's, again, a very complex question, but what is important, one thing is important to keep in mind. 
uh, since independence, uh, you had a number of governments in France and in Africa. So you have political change. It doesn't mean that since independence, you had exactly the same kind of policy towards Africa. I wouldn't even say that there is an official African policy in France. So I guess that the fact that, for example, in the Ivory Coast, most of the inter- interventions, even the latest one in, in Centrafrique, official claim by France was that uh, they were there to uh, protect their own citizens. And it was not about supporting, uh, uh, contesting the, the, the political power. Of course, again, there are claims and then the practice, because also the situation on the ground may change, uh, and uh, the initial intentions uh, may have to be adapted to to the situation on the ground. So to come back to the military intervention in Mali, I guess that the French were prepared to intervene. They didn't know when and how, but in this case, what the French were very much concerned about was not their own economical interest in Mali because they don't have so many uh, in, in Mali. They were much more concerned probably about the consequences of such conflict over neighboring countries like Niger, where they have really big interest uh, with Areva and uranium. And probably, I mean, this idea of, of expanding terrorism and Islamism in the whole region, when you think, for example, of Afghanistan, you think, well, it's really far away. So even if there is uh, increasing problems there, the effect won't be that immediate on on Europe. But when you think of Mali and the Sahel, there are so many immigrants. Well, the relationships, historical networks, etc., that Europe can't afford to to have such a, a conflict geographically so close to Europe. And I guess that was one of the main concerns by the French, and they tried to convince the US and other countries it didn't work very well last year until the French apparently, uh, with intelligence, were able to find out that uh, Sanogo and his troops in central Mali, in Bamako, were in contact with the Islamists in the north to to find common interest in in having a continuing destabilized situation and in trying to remove the interim president, Jokunda Traoré. And that's why the French intervened, because uh, they understood that if they were able to to completely destabilize all political situations, then the conflict will expand and terrorism will expand. And they were also very worried of the potential attraction of such conflict upon young people in France. When you see just how uh, the conflict in, in Palestine and Israel has already an impact in certain cases on the situation in France and on conflicts in, in some areas. We, France has been victim of terrorism in the past and of anti-Semitic uh, action. And, and Palestine and Israel, there is not even a close historical relationship with France, but with Mali, uh, there is an important community of Malian people in, in, in France. And so the, because of the history and the historical link, 
links they, they felt i mean the french government definitely felt linked to what was happening in mali at the time so the security concerns yeah. are genuine yeah definitely Jacques Godfrain, the foreign minister to Jacques Chirac, said that a little country like France, with a small amount of strength, can move a planet because of our relations with 15 or 20 African countries. Is the relationship with West Africa a way of maintaining French prestige? Yeah, well, it's uh, again, it's difficult to say because on one side, since President Sarkozy and with now Holland, there was a clear stance by these politicians to say we will end up France-Afrique and or we will revisit and rethink the relationships. And I believe they tried to do it in a sense. And of course, it's a slow process and you still have these complex relationships going on and people who have all their interest in not changing these relationships on both sides. But to come back to the, the issue of the Mali conflict, I believe this was not about protecting some kind of influence, uh, French influence in, in West Africa. It was really a security issue. It was clear that uh, if Mali, which is really a long, long country in the middle of West Africa, bring connection directly with the Sahara, and in the, in the south it's bordering the Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, so strategically it had to become destabilized completely. It was really dangerous for neighboring countries and for the whole region. So the Ivory Coast had already been partly destabilized politically for, for, for the last decades. Other countries were able to experience a, a kind of working democratic change in the past decades. And, and Mali was seen actually as a model for that. It was just unfortunately not exactly the case, but it was in the all interest of uh, the French, but not only the French, um, the American and the, the international donors to believe that uh, Mali was a model for democracy and they invested a lot of aid money into this country at the time. I guess for stabilization issues as well. So we all know that the Sahelian zone is, is prone to be destabilized because of poverty, refugee movements, and, and all these factors uh, increase, increase the risk of, of having people getting involved in illegal business and trafficking. There is a huge trafficking also, uh, not only of cigarettes, goods and, and drugs, but of big human trafficking of immigrants trying to get to Europe through Mali and, and Libya, etc. So these networks were in the hands of people who at some point may have claimed they want an independent country because they wanted to maintain a hold on, on these networks. And uh, that's why it's not always very clear uh, of this uh, uh, terrorist if it's uh, rather an issue of Islamism or an issue of uh, making good business in this part of the world which is less under control from the central states because it's such a huge area ge geographically. As you mentioned, obviously, the Ivory Coast briefly at the right near the start, uh, a closer, closer relationship with, between Ivory Coast and France 
has been credited as being an important part behind the Ivorian miracle, which led to a boost their industrial and economic output as they started out as being independent. Is a France Afrique mutually beneficial, or does one side come out? Obviously, you can't speak of all relationships well, I guess generally, that, but no, it, I generally? guess that uh, a specific elite in West Africa and the rest of the continent may have uh, profited out of this kind of relationships. Uh, political leaders for the past 50 years who have just uh, been empowered by these relationships at uh, the dependence of, at the expenses of the local population. So of course you have always an elite which is interested in maintaining these kind of relationships uh, because then France politically can support them saying, well, we don't interfere too much into what you are doing politically and at the same time you make sure that our interests in your country are protected. So that's mutually beneficial in the sense that it's beneficial to a certain elite uh, in Africa and to a certain economical and political elite as well in France. But on the long term, economically, I'm not sure it's uh, beneficial to anybody. It's a similar relationship to what existed before independence, where the people put in place by the French leadership continue to benefit, whereas the general public see no benefit from the relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good comparison. Yeah, well, that's why we already talk about uh, neo-imperialism, neo-colonialism uh, in post-colonial Africa, uh, not only by France, but by other political um, Western powers. The fact that uh, they do everything to maintain their own interests there at the expenses, again, of um, the interest of uh, the local population, but more uh, in favour of the political elite. The individuals who are put in power by the French continue to benefit, but why do you think that a great push within the African nations to be more to break well, away from France, or is that Yeah, well, that's why that you have regulary coup, probably, uh, in, in Africa. It's because a part of the population doesn't agree with this kind of uh, political configuration. They see that a part of the elite is getting richer and richer, while they experience uh, probably impoverishment. And the problem in Mali, to come back again to the Mali issue, uh, is that they have experienced for the past 20 years bad governance, corruption, and at the same time internationally, Mali was advertised as the good model for democracy, and it was not at all the experience of the local population. Within this context, you understand why when the coup happened, which was not prepared at all. It was all, at the beginning, it was just an uprising in the military and and it's just because the president left and there was a void of power that in the end, the military said, well, we are in charge. So, uh, and at the same time, it was not really contested by the population. The population wanted to, was so discontent uh, discontent with there was so much discontent with the current political situation that they naively 
welcome this um, this uh, coup, thinking, well, maybe it will bring some change, a new uh, political power, a new political elite in our country. And um, so it was quite well received, but, but because people were just frustrated. Uh, there were so many people disenfranchised and, and, and impoverished by the, the situation in Mali for the past 10 years that, uh, of course, people were hoping that it would bring something new and for the best. And at the same time, in the north, you had uh, this uh, uprising, this rebellion for independence by the Triag. And it was also a response to some extent to the, the bad governance which was coming from, from Bamako. And uh, while you had in, in the north this rebellion in the south, you had a coup. Do you foresee an end to France-Afrique, or are France and its former colonies stuck in a cycle? The thing in the case, uh, again, of Mali is that nobody was uh, ready to intervene. Uh, the UN was really slow at supporting this uh, military intervention. So it just when the French intervened that all these international organisations started backing up uh, the intervention. So the French will have intervened. Basically, uh, we will still be uh, waiting for an international intervention now with a risk we all know about, with ex- expanding terrorism, uh, expanding uh, political destabilization in the whole region. I guess that, very simply, the best way to break with this cycle of uh, mutual uh, corruption between France and and Africa and this kind of complex networks of influence is uh, is to encourage good governance uh, on both sides and to make everything so so that uh, you have strong institutions, political institutions. The problem is is since the 80s, with uh, the IMF and uh, the World Bank implementing uh, structural adjustment agreements in, in these kind of countries, the states in in which were already didn't have much power compared to states in Europe, so the few prerogatives they had, they were pressured to give rid of them because they were uh, accused of being corrupted, etc. So all the public service have been have been privatized and to whom to uh, big uh, Western uh, companies, uh, France Telecom, for example. EDF, they are very strong uh, nowadays in, in, in Africa. So basically, I, can, I guess that it's not uh, wondering then that many people, disenfranchised people in Africa, uh, just get frustrated with their politicians and they have the impression that there are few of them which just capture this international aid and are involved in this kind of corruption while the same politicians just under the pressure of the international institution just kind of sell the state one piece after another. For more from Pod Academy, visit our website at www.podacademy.org or search for us on iTunes. We currently have content about the Iraq war 10 years on after the invasion, background on the Leveson report, as well as a piece on bell ringing. Music has been provided by Bafia Ben. To hear more, visit his website at bafiaben.com. Thanks for listening.